Well, good morning, and we are so excited to share and just extend out what was happening yesterday. How many women came yesterday? It was awesome, wasn't it? It was just great to be around other women. We desire that. Sorry, guys. Sorry, men. We're not leaving you out. But sometimes we do need to leave you out. So um, I am so excited to have you here, Carrie, up here. Carrie has been a friend of mine for many, many years. I don't know that I really want to say how many years. Um, we're turning, we turned 50 this year. Yeah, we have that in common. We're turning 50, yeah. Um, we started out um, at our mother church, Central Church of the Nazarene, in a Sunday school class where her and I began this journey of friendship. And as Brad reminded us this morning that we were just a couple of young moms trying to figure out how this thing works in this world. And um, we just grew together. But one of the funniest things that... <laughs> I have to tell this story. So uh, let me backtrack. I'm sorry. My mind is just so excited. You guys know me. When I get excited, I get a little scattered. Carrie um, Eaton has written a book called Beneath the Surface. This is a great book. God just put it right in our lap at the right time. We were looking for a women's event. We were looking for something for this weekend. She wrote Beneath the Surface. And I'm telling you, girls, this is like a guidebook for women or a handbook for women. You are going to want to get out to her book table and get this. Um, it's $10 uh, out of her book table online. You can get it on Amazon. But I have tore this thing up. I've highlighted it. I've bent down pages. It's rough already. But what I love about Carrie is Carrie is a woman that loves God and that she loves her husband and she loves her kids and she's trying to figure it out, right? She knows she's not got it all figured out. But one of the things that um, she did is she, you went back to school and got your degree in um, public relations and communication and then got a master's in human relations. Did I get that right? Yeah, Christian counseling. Christian counseling, yeah. okay. Yeah. And um, so God really has brought her here at this time. But um, so she did our women's event yesterday. And so what we're going to do is we're not going to talk, obviously, about what we did yesterday. But we're going to talk a little bit more about your book and about... What I love about um, underneath here, it says, um, beneath the surface, it says, unmasking the real you and liking what you see. She's talking about taking off mask. She's talking about being in authentic relationship with other people. Um, really about being who God created us to be as women. But one of the funny, I have to tell a story. Say, we we've, we got to go back to our <laughs> friendship and how that started before we get into the So our husbands it, have been so. friends for a long time. Yes. Thank yes. you, Mark. I want to thank Mark Eaton for being my husband's friend. Yes. I, you know, I mean, right, women, don't we want our men to have great friends that can inspire them to greatness? And... Um, but one of the funniest stories was I was on the phone with my brother one day, and he lives in Springfield, Missouri. And I was like, man, uh, you know, my brother's name is George. I was like, George, I just, there's this guy that is a friend of ours, and he's just the coolest guy ever, right? And I was just telling him, and I was like, Brad, you know, they do this, and, and he's telling Brad this. And I was like, man, he's just so cool. And uh, then my brother was like, hey, Laura, I have this friend, and he's so cool. And I was like, really? And I was like, uh, like he's like, he's real artistic, and he's just like, I mean, off the chain, right? And I'm like, and well, this guy's like not artistic, but he's really creative, and he's really cool. 
So he calls me back. I don't know how long it was. He's like, this is wild. So this is my brother, right, that I was talking to in Missouri. And he's like, Laura, we were talking about twin brothers. <laughs> so this was Mark that I was talking about. And my brother was talking about Mike Eaton, his twin brother. Identical twins. In Springfield, yeah. Missouri. So I was like, that is so funny. I was like, we, we totally didn't know that. Know. Like, they didn't know. know it, and we didn't know it. And mm -hmm. it was like, wow, God, you want to talk about a divine appointment, you know? It was really cool. No, it, and it's funny, too, because, and I know the guys are sitting there going, oh, my gosh, they have mics. What are they going to say? I'll <laughs> <laughs> okay. we'll let you know but, the real story. Okay. But um, 20 year, twenty plus years, yeah. um, we've been friends, and our families have, have rallied together and been together um, through a lot of ups and downs through both of our families' lives. And what's really cool, though, is the men get together every fall, and they have man time. I mean, it's almost like a bromance. I don't know. It's kind of we're, we're kind of wondering what's going on. But we, there's a group it was of, before, they were doing it before that word came out, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, I don't oh, know yeah. what that exactly. is. Exactly. So so they get together and they're now geographically spread out, which is really cool because they still get together and it's usually that one weekend um, in the fall. But you know, at the beginning of their time together, they would have like, oh, we're going to go out and play football. We're going to jump off a cliff. We're, we're going to do like golf. behind. We're going to like ski. Oh, yeah. We're going to like jet ski and we're going to ski behind. Well, mm, okay. So evolved two decades. <laughs> and my husband sent a picture of what they were doing this past year. Basically, they were in the recliner taking naps. They, oh, yeah. So Baking cookies. Baking cookies. Baking, oh, baking cookies, eating bacon, taking naps. And then I think there was another and then, nap. And, and, and it just was napping, I mean, the whole time. So it was really funny, but it's really cool. And we are so blessed that they have this really, um, yeah, cool group of guys that come together. And you know what? They're authentic. They are raw. And, they, you know, we don't know what goes on. It's not like they come home and share. Well, and I think now. that's part of what we're talking yeah. about today, it's too, absolutely. is that men and women are very different. And mm -hmm. any time that we try to put men and women together in a box and act like they're the same, I think we're doing a disservice mm -hmm. to both of us mm -hmm. because we're so different. And that's why I was excited about getting you guys, you men in here, because I think this will help you understand. Um, you know, I know in our world we're kind of like, yeah, women are complicated, and we are. And, you know, we're emotional, and we are, you know, and, and we come with baggage, and we do. But this, but the thing about women that I know, and I think it's the gift that we bring to our communities and our world, is that when we're happy, and when we're on a track of trying to be healthy, right, that we can impact generations after generations in our home, in our workforce, in our neighborhoods. And when a man and woman, whether they're, it's husband, wife, right? Or it's my, I have a close relationship with my brother. If um, I was a daddy's girl, if I, if it's my relationship with my dad, my grandfather, when we're in a really true, authentic relationship, the impact that happens, because we obviously, we need you men, right? There is nothing that can stop our families when we're truly walking in an authentic relationship. So we want to get started talking about your book. So I just want to kind of start out with um, what would you say is like the overarching theme of Beneath the Surface, your book? Yeah, um, 
little bit of a heavy question, but when I had to, and, and I like to pontificate sometimes, my husband's like, let's just focus, let's just focus and come up with your little elevator speech. And I would always laugh. I'm like, what are you talking about? But when I really think about the premise of Beneath the Surface, what I found was that women were not living, and I was finding the women that I was working with and myself, when I uncovered that, we weren't living in true, authentic relationships, regardless of the fact that God made us to live in authenticity. I mean, so it was just, a, it, it was an odd sense for me to kind of see these patterns when I started working with women um, in our church. And, and I'm talking about young women all the way to empty nesters, a whole, students all the way. Um, and what I was finding is that these women kind of almost had, um, I don't want to say chaos, but anxiety. And this anxiety came from a multitude of places, but one of them came from the fact that we walked, and we talked a little bit about this, ladies, but just to kind of share with the men, we walk into a room with different roles. I mean, we're all daughters, and um, but you know, some of us are mothers, some of us are students, sisters, wives, um, friends, neighbors, and a lot of times as women, we like to juggle those roles, and we tend to sometimes compare um, ourselves to how other people are doing those roles. And I think and that's, that's another point, too, that how different we are mm-hmm. between men and women, Absolutely. and I don't know how it feels to be a man, but I know as a woman, when I walk into a room and I have all those roles that happens when my kids come home, and they'll, they're coming home soon, and I'm going to have my grandbabies home. So I have all these responsibilities. So I may act different, right, because I'm feeling the pressure to be all these things. I don't know how that feels for a man, but definitely I can understand Well, and that. I think men, too, in a book that I love that we've used many, many years, it's called... Um, uh, men are like uh, waffles and women are like pasta. It's a, it's a Christian book um, written by um, a married couple. But what they talk about is the difference between how our brains work. And God, you know what's so cool about it is, is God did not design it. I mean, he designed us to be puzzle pieces. You know, where, I, um, where my strengths stop, then Mark comes in and fills that, you know, to a certain extent. And we'll talk about that because... I don't get all my validation from Mark. I love him to death, but there is someone else and something else that I get that validation from. But let's table that for a second. So we come together, and Mark is, um, and men, you guys compartmentalize. It's amazing. You guys, and when we say you're like waffles, literally, you have your work box, and you have your, you know, relational relationship with your wife box, relationship with your, you know, um, your kids. With women, it's not like that <laughs> It is not. It is like pasta. And when I say that, it is like if you were had a bowl of pasta and you had one noodle and it was one noodle that was all, because it's all touching. All of our relationships um, kind of mesh into each other. And a couple things that I just want to point out is one, because God made us relational women, very relational, we sometimes really view our success as women based on how our relationships are. Now, now let me illustrate that. I could have 15 amazing relationships, but if there's one that's on Rocky Road, oh my gosh, that is where I'm putting all my emphasis and sometimes my validation on that particular relationship. And I talked to Mark and he's like, eh, you know, I mean, guys, it just kind of slides off their back, you know, and not that you guys don't have, but it's just for women, we're relationally bent. 
So there's that piece of it that becomes very important to us on how we, um, we kind of define our success sometimes of how well our relationships are going with our husbands, with our parents, with our children. And if one of those aren't right, the, temper, the temperature so can kind true, of change. I, I can totally get that. I mean, I'm totally tracking with you on that, that I feel that, you know, I'll, tr- I'll be like, I'll do this like a... Do girls, do you ever do this? I have this, like, little thermometer. It's like an emotional thermometer, and I stick it out there, and I go, how is everybody? You know, and when everybody's not good, I'm like, ah, we got to get to work. You know, and that's a lot of pressure, and I think it's good for you men to know this because then you know how to approach us. You know, she's not just, like, crazy, right? Because <laughs> sometimes I think Brad thinks I'm crazy. And, but, you know, I think it's helping to understand, like, oh, wow. Because sometimes, honestly, I'd rather be the waffle. Mm-hmm. I'd rather oh, yeah. be the one that can walk That's in and compartmentalize. Point. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, mm-hmm. sorry you're sick. Sorry you don't like me. Sorry you're mad at me. And just keep on going. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Why can't I be like that? <laughs> we want waffles. <laughs> but I don't want to interrupt you. Keep no, 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 on going. No, no, no. no, no. Uh, That's good. awesome. That's good. That's good. Um, when you were writing it, what really prompted you to write mm. this book? Because mm. I've known mm. you for a long time. Mm. I've, I've seen your life um, up close and know that, um, you know, I think that a lot of you women can really identify with Carrie. She's, um, she's a woman that loves Jesus and she loves her family. And I think that all of us have this strong responsibility as a Christ follower to impact our world. And yet we're saying, but I haven't written a book, or I'm not this, or I'm not that. But that's not, I mean, we were, like I said, we were young moms trying to figure it all out. And now I see a book, and it's like, that's cool, and and it's so meaningful. And um, so what was it? it, it, You make it sound so easy. It was not. My husband, oh my gosh, bless his heart. Um, You know, we, and the women we talked about yesterday a lot and I shared from my heart a lot about how I still struggle with the whole perception of being perfect and, um, and having that perception of having it all together and the masks that we wear. But, um, through, it was really through counseling when I was working with other girls and women that these particular patterns started to surface. And I was, and it was kind of like one of those things like, okay, you know, a doctor treats themselves. I mean, it was that whole thing. I mean, where I was like, okay, I've got to look in the mirror too. And I was seeing a lot of the same things that I was helping women in their journey. And I had to turn around and look at myself. And it was extremely, you know, very, um, I would, in fact, Mark would laugh because I would come home and I would have notes and, of course, I couldn't share, you know, well, so-and-so, I'm, I'm working with this individual. It wasn't like that. But what I would say is, oh, my gosh, you know, um, I'm really seeing these particular patterns of people and women that are going through and coming to an anxiety or a chaos level. And it's because, oh, my gosh, we want so badly to connect. We want to have a tribe of people. We want to be accepted, but we're keeping those people that we want to be accepted by at arm's length, and we show them only so much. And then you throw in the social media world. Oh, my gosh. I I, I mentioned to the women yesterday that if we had had Facebook when my daughter was young, (laughs) 
oh my gosh, I would have been, I mean, seriously, as far as, because what it allows us to do is to inject ourselves in another's life. Now, when I say that, and I pushed pause yesterday, social media, there is so many wonderful things. I mean, we can geographically connect with other people that we're distant from. And I love my, like our personal Facebook page at our church, because you can find out, you know, what's happening and what are some needs, if it's prayer requests, things like that. So, Um, When I really started looking at um, these common denominators and these common themes, and I was thinking, oh, my gosh, this is what Mark's like, you've got to write these down. You need to really share. You have something to share. And then that's where where Satan, oh, my gosh, because it took probably three or four years before I really started feeling like we could put something on paper. And then once we even did that, it was a matter of, well, who wants to read that? Or who wants, you know, do I right. have anything Yeah, because really it's share? yours and you're thinking, oh. Mm. And I, I really gelled with that when I was reading in your book um, uh, when it talked about that what's at stake is for a woman, uh, whatever, when we're hiding, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, we're not sharing everything. And that can be with social media. But it, that, that, that happened way before mm-hmm you know, uh, social media. So we're not even uh, down on that because there's so many great things that we can learn and do on social media. But um, it does, it is an avenue we have to manage. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that is at stake is intimacy and in interaction. Um, I had uh, an interaction yesterday that could never have happened ever on social media. But my, one of my mentors was here and um, the event was done and she just kind of came at me, and I just looked at her, and she's like, you know, and I just barreled into her, and just, because she knows many, many years of prayer, many, many years of seeking God for women on behalf of women and families, and what yesterday meant to me um, personally, like deep in my soul, what it meant to me. That was an interaction that would have been at risk because if I'd have just, if she'd have gotten on and texted me, which she did, thank you, it's wonderful. And by the way, we had a lot of uh, people texting me, talking to me. I don't, I think you had a lot of people talking, just saying how, what an impact yesterday made. But we also, we set up tables to make sure we had discussion time mm-hmm. that we could get face to face with other people women. So I love that what you're, that's what is at stake too, is that intimacy and that interaction. When we hide and when we don't interact and let our true self out. But that's just, that, that's well, a whole. and I think it comes down to it, and we didn't, I, I purposely did not discuss this yesterday. One, because it's, it takes a while to unpack, but I also really wanted the men to hear it. And that is when we look at, and this was really the crux of, of beneath the surface of, of what the context in my life, um, why I wanted to wear the mask that I wanted to wear. And that is that the greatest fear of a woman is that fear of abandonment. And I'm not necessarily talking about physical abandonment. We can have emotional abandonment from someone in our lives, and that can be just as crushing and be just as, um, create such a deep wound. But I um, do come from a legacy of divorce. Um, My mother was um, married and divorced twice, and then my grandmother was, had, I think I had five grandfathers in and out, and infidelity was a large part of that. So, my context was, hmm, so 
So that's what abandonment looks like. And so when I came into our marriage, when Mark and I got married, um, it was really we struggled, you know, when you talk about those times of when we came together and we were in Sunday school together and all of that, and we were young, you know, newlyweds. And I remember having, um, you know, you always have those first arguments. And I remember the first two or three, and I went ballistic because what happened was Mark is a processor. And like most men are, they need to compartmentalize. So it's like, we're arguing about something and could be totally benign, but then he needs to cool off for a little bit. Okay, so he needs to walk the dog or go take a jog or drive around the neighborhood for 20 minutes. But he left. See, he left. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay, it's gone. This is it. This is, this is what happens. This is the start of the, you know, Mm -hmm. because it triggered me that context. And, And what I want the men and the women to hear is that when we, when he would come back in and he would see me a total mess, we finally sat down and I shared with him this. And he knew my background. We talked a lot about that. But he needed to say to me and look me in the eye and say, you know what? I need this time. I need this time to go and kind of um, collect myself. But I'm not leaving you. This is not abandoning me. I'm yes. coming back. And I needed to be able to give him that. Um, now, I would say that this really started, if you think about it, in the Garden of Eden. And I, I know Josh and Mark talked a little bit. I had the opportunity to listen online um, to their time with you guys last Sunday. And if Sunday. you didn't get a chance, which I didn't because I was sick last Sunday, that was an amazing um, uh, conversation. I think for every woman, if you didn't get a chance to be in here, listen to that online. Matter of fact, I want to listen again because I felt like I learned a lot. And I, I loved it because the guys really opened up their heart. You know, we feel like that's a female thing, right? But they, they shared with us, like, what their thinking process is, mm-hmm. which always helps. So absolutely, absolutely, No, yeah, absolutely. And so do. We challenge you to do that. Um, but they talked about how Adam, you know, at the time kind of dropped the ball a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. And, and looking on Eve's perspective, here we have, you know, Um, the serpent was tempting her. And of course she took the bite of the apple and then she gave it to Adam. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, that night she was probably laying in bed going or laying on the ground, wherever they were laying. I don't know where they were laying in the garden of Eden. I don't know. On the eucalyptus bush. On the eucalyptus bush. Yes. Anyway. um, And she was laying there probably thinking, oh my gosh, just what happened today? You know, I mean here, because when, and, and, and the part that we need to remember, and sometimes we forget and, and don't worry, guys, because we're going to flip this. But um, that Eve bit the apple first, you know, and then Adam did. But when God asked, you know, where are you? And, of course, because they were hiding, they were, God knew where they were. He knew exactly where they were. He wanted to know where their heart was. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, where are you behind the eucalyptus bush and so or tree. Anyway, so basically what happened was um, Eve felt abandoned by Adam, too, because Adam turned to God and said, the woman you placed here is the one who gave me the fruit. And so she's laying there going, you totally threw me under the bus. You know, it was one of those things where it's like, oh, you know, where is that relationship in that? So there was probably some sense of abandonment and that kind of that insecurity, you know, goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. So we as women, the context doesn't have to be you know, a legacy of divorce. That's just my context. But there could be abandonment mm-hmm. somewhere in your life. And I, where I that love wound what is. you're talking about that we women, we do fear abandonment. Um, 
we we were talking, we didn't realize that we both had that in common. We both had fathers that left. And I don't think that I realized what a mess I was when I presented myself as a new bride to Brad. You know, I mean, he's looking, he's like, she's pretty, you know, she's cute, she's fun. Oh boy, he had there was some layers that he was going to have to unpeel because my dad left, mm-hmm. and that was very, very difficult. You can see all that on the outside, right? Because it was emotional that I was a wreck. Um, and I actually, we were talking this week um, how um, impactful that there's a book called Captivating uh, by Stacey Eldridge, and she talks about in there, and I remember being like 30 years old. No, no, I think 35, maybe 40, and I'm in the bookstore, and I open that book to the page that says that when uh, daughters of divorce, when daughters have dads that leave, and we're not, uh, I mean, we're going to talk about that in a minute, but when daughters have a, a dad that leaves or and mom and dad divorce, they feel that personal rejection from him, and they take on a secondary hurt, and I, I was sobbing like a baby in life way, going, why, really, why, why didn't my dad fight for me? It would, but it was good because it was, it was healthy and that I was able to come to grips with what he had done and go, okay, now what am I going to do? Am I going to keep this? Am I going to nurse it? Am I going to pat it? Am I going to, you know, baby it, pamper it? Or am I going to say, look, yeah, he did. But I still love him. I, he's, I'm a, I was a daddy's girl. I loved him. And honor him and honor my mom for all the lovely, great things they put into me. And also not let it impact Brad in a negative way. And that's a lot to carry. And we can't carry that. And that's what we're talking about. That's why she wrote Beneath the Surface. Is we got to go beneath the surface and deal with some of these things. And then go, okay, I've not got it all figured out. But I know with God help, I can become healthy, mm-hmm. that I can have a healthy relationship and not always think. Because we know divorce is, is a two-way street, and we know that it's not all the men. And what I wanted to show you guys, okay, because I, I want to back up a little bit. What I want to show you men is when you stay, what you do for your wife and your sisters and your daughters, when you stay in the fight, when you stay when it's hard, when you don't. And I think that it's really difficult because, like I said, it's, it's a two-way street. But I just want to encourage you that as we move forward in our families, having a family and having people in a relationship is difficult. People are, don't always work together. They're not always doing the right things. But I just love that um, you've really opened this wide open with this sense of authenticity and wanting to go beneath the surface. And I think that was one of the other things I wanted to talk to um, you about was the connection well, through the word. Before we leave the yeah, e- Garden of Eden, I just want to I just want to say too because I, I wanted we were going to table it. Now we kind of want to come back yep. to it before. Um, is Okay, so there is where that fear of abandonment came in the Garden of Eden for Eve. You know, that fear of Adam didn't fight for me. He didn't, you know, fight for me during the fall. Okay, so flip it, and let's look at from Adam's perspective. So we have Adam that's given the entire Garden of Eden. I mean, he's naming all the animals, and he has, you know, he has dominion over it all. And he has a pretty huge responsibility. And so, and in that responsibility is his care 
for his mate that God has created for him, which of course is Eve. So he's laying there on his eucalyptus leaves, probably going, probably not. He's probably sleeping, to be quite honest. <laughs> Taking a nap. <laughs> There's that nap. I think those are godly. Like, well, just, but, but let's, for the sake of argument, <laughs> say he's um, contemplating that, you know, hey, what went down today? And he's probably thinking, oh my gosh, do I have, oh, I really missed the boat. I did not carry the responsibility that God wanted me as far as looking out for everyone and everything, and that included my mate and my spouse and my wife. So what does that look like for a man? Well, I will tell you, and if you don't, you mentioned Stacy Eldridge, please write down, put in your phone, whatever, Stacy Eldridge and John Eldridge, husband, wife. Captivating is her book for women that men need to read too, but um, Wild at Heart, amazing book, read it several times. Even if you have sons, please read it. It was written by John Eldridge, but it was looking at the heart of a man. And what, and like I said, I'm, I'm, this is not my idea, this is not novel, this is coming from them, but the fear of the woman is the fear of abandonment. The fear of a man is, do I have what it takes? And, and fill in the blank. Do I have what it takes to be a godly father? Do I have what it takes to be the spiritual leader of my house? Do I have what it takes to be a provider? In Adam's case, do I have what it takes? And he was probably laying there after he woke up and thinking, I, I, I missed the boat here. So see, that fear um, was established and rooted in that time in the garden. So then you look decades and decades and decades and decades. And here, here yeah. we have it here. Yeah. Okay, so... I listened to what Josh and Mark shared last week, and they, and they talked about that as women, um, we need to make sure that we're holding our men accountable. To- totally get that. I, I want to tweak it just a little bit, because when we look at the fears of a man and a woman, I, and if you don't take anything home, and when I say this, it's not just husband, wife, it's brother, sister. Right. I mean, yeah. we look at yeah. Courtney and yeah. Corey, my 22-year-old daughter and 17-year-old, and he, she can cut him at the knees like, do you have what it takes to be, you know? Oh, have you ever been in a that? family reunion so, and had somebody oh, yeah. cut you? I mean, so, it's aunts and uncles, it's yeah. sister-in-law. So this is not a husband-wife thing. This is a man-woman thing. But I will tell you, I'm using it just an example of the um, marriage union that you cannot use this, guys or gals, mm-hmm. as a tool or a weapon. Because, and this is what it looks like, Okay. Um, for a man to use it as a weapon for a woman, saying, if you do that one more time, I'm out of here. It's a threat. Eh, probably maybe don't even mean it. But what that does is it stirs in them that trigger that all the way back to the garden, even that fear of abandonment. Oh, my gosh, he's going to leave. Maybe not even physically, but emotionally. Mm-hmm. Okay, what does it look like for a woman? We can't do it, and, and I've done it. I did it, and it, it, was, it, it, it went bad. Um, so you, call, so you call yourself the spiritual leader of this house? Oh, my gosh. Ooh, ouch. Yeah. yeah. The, I mean, the, the, the clouds broke. There was fire and brimstone, and it was not, it was not pretty. <laughs> it was not pretty. But my point is, is that we need to know about the yin and yang. We need to know that about the other yeah. side of us. Um, but we also need to realize that we don't use that as... Um, you know, as a weapon. Yeah. And so. just like you said, I love what you're saying is because they're triggers. Mm-hmm. And so we just, we're acknowledging these are triggers. And so what do we do with this? You know, I love in your book on page 73, it talks about the connection through the word mm-hmm. that moving from dark into light mm-hmm. and from living above the surface mm-hmm. and not doing that. We need to uncover and go below the surface mm-hmm. and taking that time to say, this is important. And how can God's word make a difference? Um, I 
I know in your last, I think it's your next to your last chapter, um, it talks about breaking the surface. Um, this is one thing that really, really I felt like was so powerful was managing your mind instead of being shaped by your world. And then I love that you use uh, Proverbs uh, 4, 2. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. And I was like, it's all here. If we can get this changed, then we can change our, our trick. We can change how we respond to our triggers, how we react. And I love that we've talked about men and women. I think we've uh, shown the dynamics because the differences. But man, I'm telling you, men, we want you in this world. We need you in this world and we love you. And so we want to affirm you. I love what the guy said last week is complimenting. We want to compliment you. We want to say, honestly, yesterday, okay, this, I'm, I'm just going to break out. I didn't have this on my notes, but I anxiety, I had anxiety four nights in a row about that I was going to turn around and every table was still going to be there yesterday and I was going to be by myself. I don't know why. That was the picture in my mind. But I turned around and Dennis Blackstead with all of his sons was walking through the door and I said, Marcus over here, Harbert, I said, we're fine. Because we need you men, not just physically, oh, we need you to lift something, but what it meant to me support-wise. You know what I mean? Like I felt supported. I think that people think, because Laura's always asking you to do something. No, it's not about chores. It's because I feel you support me. Be quiet, Mike. (laughs) But it's like I need that support, you know, and what for, okay, so maybe you guys need to hear this. You think we're asking you to get something down off the shelf. What we're really saying is, I need you, and I'm in need of your help. And it's just not you getting a box down. It's like I, what, what we're really saying is, I need your support. And when you support me, there's nothing I won't try to make happen in our family, in our world. I'll go to bat for you every time. And I think, woman, we, women, we need to hear that too. Are we going to bat for our men and I've, I, I, or are we not lifting them up, encouraging me? I have to, or encouraging them, I have to re-up on that sometimes. Because I have to say, am I really encouraging Brad in the way that I think is important? So if you could say in our last thoughts, or as we wrap up, um, man, I just don't want this to end because it's been so rich and so powerful. Um, what would you say um, to the men and women here today, and especially for um, women that are saying, wow, okay, I'm, I think I'm going to get this book, so what now? What, what can I hope for? What can I do? Well, I love, and you, I just, don't you just love Laura? I mean, she just is like a little firecracker. And, um, and, don't, and, and please tell me, okay, you married one of the tallest men I know, so don't tell me it's because you don't want help getting something off of a tall shelf, okay? I'm sorry. We're like yin and yang when we walk up the steps. So I'm like going, I get it, okay? So anyway, um, but I love that you said we need to um, encourage, acknowledge each other. But what I want to make sure before we leave today is that you know that you don't look to the other person to be validated, to get all your validation from. Because we're imperfect. I'm imperfect. If Mark looked to me to get all of his validation, you know what? He would have imperfect validation because I'm imperfect. And so only through him 
can we get our validation? And so um, love on each other, respect each other, and but also know that um, your validation only comes through Jesus Christ, and, and, and that's it. And I love what you said is our validation, because I've done that, and I've had to come back to Brad and said, I'm really sorry. I have loved you more than I've loved God, and I want to apologize to you, but more than that, I'm going to apologize to God mm-hmm. because it's not right. I've put you before him, and it's not right. I've made you an idol. It's not right. Mm-hmm. I love you, you're my best friend, and you're my husband, but I'm not going to do that anymore because I, I, I can't. I want God, and I need God. And I love what you said is if I depend on someone else, right, it's going to be an imperfect validation. So just be prepared. It's never going to be good enough. It's always going to be messy, and it's always going to be ugly. Mm-hmm. But when we put our hope and our faith and our trust in that God is our validation because he's the perfect one. He did it all for us. Then that's when the breakthroughs come over and over. And it's a process of almost like fruit. When you go to plant a garden, it doesn't happen overnight. But when you start to see fruit, like we're going to start to see spring pretty quick, it's breathtaking and it's life-changing. So would you guys give it up for Carrie Eaton? We're so excited about having her here. This has been awesome. Thank you, guys. Hey, let's pray together. God, you have really challenged us today, and I think you've really challenged us the the past few weeks throughout this series, and as I sit there today, God, I know the areas in which you have um, affirmed me as a husband and as a father, but I also know where you have challenged me, where you have revealed my shortcomings and you have revealed my sin and my faults, but I thank you that you don't do that out of a spirit of condemnation, but you're doing that because you want me to be a great man of God. And you're doing that for every man and woman here today. So in this moment, church, with your heads bowed and focused right now solely on Jesus. Today, or maybe during the series, I want to ask you, have you identified an area? Has the Holy Spirit spoken to you about an area that you need to surrender to him? This is an area, God, that you're calling me out as a man or as a woman to to give over to you. I need to die to myself in this area. Paul says to nail the deeds and the passions and the desires of the sinful nature to the cross of Christ. That's what it means to surrender to him. So today, maybe you've identified an area that you need to surrender. Or maybe as a follower of Jesus, you just say, man, I I just need to fully surrender my life to him 100%. If I'm going to have any hope in the relationships in my life, I need to fully surrender to him. If you've identified an area that you want to surrender, or today you want to fully surrender your life to the work of the Holy Spirit, uh, with every head bowed, would you just lift up your hand so I can see who you are so we know how to pray for you? I won't make you come up here, uh, call you out, but you're just raising your hand so I can pray for you, and you're saying to God right now, God, I've identified an area. I can tell you as your pastor, 
being authentic, I've identified an area that I need to surrender to him. And my hand is up with you. Those of you who have your hand up, my hand is up with you. And and I pray for you right now, and I ask that you pray for me. God, we ask your Holy Spirit to take this from us. We have our hands up in an act of surrender and an open hand to say, this is yours, and we, we hand this area to you, and we ask for you to forgive us. We ask for you to restore us, and we ask for your Holy Spirit to help us to be good husbands, to be good wives, to be good sons, to be good daughters, to be good brothers, to be good sisters, to be good friends. We need your Holy Spirit to help us with that. Maybe you're not a follower of Jesus. And I want to encourage you today that if you want to have success in your relationships, whether you're married or not married, whether you're young or whether you're old, the only way to have true success in a relationship is in a relationship with Jesus Christ. So if you today say, man, Brad, I'm not a follower of Jesus. Or maybe you've been away from God for a long time. You used to follow him years ago, but you you don't follow him. But you say, man, I know I need to come racing back to him. I, I need to come back to him. I, I need him in my life. And so today you would say, I, I desire to become a follower of Jesus. I want to be a good dad. I want to be a good mom. I want to be a good brother, sister, co-worker, whatever that is. But I recognize today I'm a sinner and I need Jesus. And so today I want to confess my sins to him. I need a spirit. I want him to come into me, make me new, and help me to be successful in this life and to have eternal life with him forever. I won't make you come up here and I won't point you out, but I want to know who you are so I know how to pray for you. So if today you're saying, hey, I I want to commit my life to Jesus for the first time, or I've been away from him for a long time and I'm coming back to him, would you just raise your hand so I can see who you are and I can pray for you today? All the way in the back, I see you. Here in the front, I see you. Anybody else on the sides? In the back, on the side, I see you over there. I'm giving my life to Jesus or I'm coming back to him. Gotcha. Thank you so much. Father, for those who are raising their hands and they're saying, I surrender to you and I give you my life. God, would you just overwhelm them right now with the power of your Holy Spirit? Say, you are my child. You are my son. You are my daughter. I sure do love you. You bet you can come home. Those sins that you have, you bet I forgive them. They are no more. And your guilt and your shame, it is gone. And you are welcomed into my family with open arms. Thank you for forgiveness today. Thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit today in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Let's give God a hand clap for what he's done.